Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today, it is it's going to be another one of those periodically, uh, not entirely evergreen, but it comes up every once in a while, simply because since I have a podcast when something comes up and I want to vent... I'm going to vent on the podcast because I can fairly well presume that most of the people who are making the comments that are driving me up a tree aren't going to listen to the podcast. Just a guess. Maybe they are, and maybe they do, and maybe it educates them. Who knows? But I'm going to guess that the people who are uh, driving me up a tree this time probably not listening to the podcast. Um... I just did a podcast on the Cubs signing Kevin Padlow. In about 20 minutes, I threw together an article for Bleed Cubby Blue because I really didn't have a whole lot else going on today. And it seemed logical. Probably not my best work of all time, but it was an idea. It was something I had. I sent it off to Al. My editor, he responded saying, hey, guess what? It's already posted. I had, a, I had a vacancy. So it's already posted on Bleed Cubby Blue. So I posted it on my Twitter. I posted it on pretty much all the Facebook groups that I could justify putting it on. And the first Facebook response, the first Facebook response, the first Facebook response was, Who? Another guy I've never heard of? Why, why, why do baseball fans who generally follow one team, baseball fans who generally follow one team, that's most of baseball fans. They have the team they follow. Maybe they're a Giants fan. Maybe they're a Red Sox fan. Maybe they're a Brewers fan. Three or four of them. Um, Maybe they're a Cubs fan. They know the Cubs fan. They know the Cubs pretty well up and down. They know the Cubs fans up and down. And they're even getting to know Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom because they've seen them a while. Okay, now they have a bit of a dossier on those players. So if you were to ask a relatively active Cubs fan. What are your impressions on Frank Schwindel? Perhaps now they would have something to say on him. Good power. Um, streaky hitter. Fair call. Fair call. Uh, probably not particularly good at first base. You can use him there, but you probably don't want him in in a situation where an error late in the game will cost you an important game. Fair assessment? Fair assessment? Why is it that people who follow one team, one team and pretty much one team only, now it's not that they're following one team only because they're watching the other teams. So, you know, if you're a Cubs fan, you're a Cubs fan only, you probably have a perception on uh, Joey Votto. Joey Votto Really good. Started the year slowly. Has been really good recently. Um, 
you know, the the play, Nick Castellanos. Do you have a opinion on him? In part because he's had some really good years here recently, and part of it was because some of it was with the Cubs. Yeah, I get it. It's understandable. It's logical. It makes sense. However, when you're dealing with a player who's in the other league, a team that the Cubs do not play. Cubs don't play Tampa. Let's see. Cubs play them in double A. Cubs play them in low A. They don't play them in high A anymore. They could theoretically, possibly, maybe play them in triple A, but they haven't. At least not in a long time. So Cubs fans really aren't that directly familiar with the Tampa Bay organization. So it's very understandable how someone who is a diligent Cubs fan would not know a whole lot about someone who is a Rays prospect, particularly a Rays prospect that didn't play in the World Series last year. Fair call? If there's a player who just this year was called up for a while, it's very reasonable to accept, to presume, that very possibly this diligent Cubs fan who knows quite a bit about the Cubs and a bit about the Cardinals and the Mets and the Brewers and the Phillies and the Pirates and all that kind of stuff. Really not that much information on the race. Very believable. Very believable. In between the podcast coming out and now, I looked up Kevin Padlow's Major League Baseball numbers again. He has 12 Major League at-bats, one Major League hit. 12 Major League at-bats, one Major League hit. It's very understandable. If there's somebody who is very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable about the entire American League East, they might not have any idea about Kevin Padlow. Mm, I don't know. He was with the team for, you know, five or six days, and we didn't play him then. Haven't seen him play. Don't know Jack squad about him. Completely understandable. So now, if a player you've never heard of, never heard of him before in your life, maybe he's from Japan, Korea. Maybe the Cubs picked him up in a waiver wire deal. Maybe the Cubs added, oh, let's say, Kevin Alcantara from the Yankees in a draft deadline deal. You've never heard of this guy before. I hadn't heard of Kevin Alcantara. I did a little bit of Yankees research. Okay, which guy makes sense? Maybe this guy here, maybe this guy here. Who knows? How do you put together a dossier on a player? How do you put together a dossier on a player? Because that's what we, sh- what we should be doing, right? You know, Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs from 2012 to 2021, around for a really long time. Yeah, okay, got got pretty good dossier on him. Yeah, no, know a lot about him. Chris Bryant, not around quite as long, but still pretty good dossier on him. Javier Baez, a little bit longer than Bryant, not as long as Rizzo. Pretty good dossier. How do you, how do you determine for you 
How long is it going to take for you to decide if a player is going to be good or not? Or worth following or not? Or liking or whatever, however you want to the heck phrase it. If the Cubs acquire a player you've never heard of. I'm going to say this again. If the Cubs acquire a player you've never heard of, He's probably been playing baseball for 15 years. At least 10. The Cubs, he, he's probably been, that you don't know anything about this player. He's probably gone through a couple of levels of the minor leagues. If you don't know about this player, that the Cubs value enough to add, why is it Bragworthy. Now let's say, let's say we're going back in time. Let's say we're going back in time. Somebody talks about Bob Gibson or Roberto Clemente or Fergie Jenkins or Billy Williams or Ernie Banks or whoever from back in the day. And you happen to be old enough to remember having seen them play. Hey, I remember that one game where. I was at the one game where. I was at a game when. I saw this guy hit two home runs in a game. Now that's bragworthy. That's bragworthy. I have awareness of what's being discussed. Why do so many baseball fans? Why do so many baseball fans lead with I'm ignorant and I'm proud of it? I'm ignorant and I'm proud of it. where's the upside? It's like, um, I'm a crappy accountant. I'm really lousy at it. And I'm proud that I'm really lousy at being an accountant. Why? Why Why would that be something worth bragging about? When the Cubs acquire a player after the trade deadline. When the Cubs acquire a player after the trade deadline, it's very possible that's a player nobody's heard, not not many people have heard of. It's very likely going to be a player who's very fringy. Someone decides we can't fit this guy on the 40-man roster still. We want to add this other guy. We have to let someone else go. We're going to designate this guy for assignment. So he is going to be made available to the other teams in the league. He's going to be made of it. Somebody is going to claim him on waivers or some such. Why do so many fans, why do so many, I never heard of him. You're ignorant. I'm ignorant on a lot of things. I don't necessarily like to brag about it. But yeah, there's a lot. I don't drive. I'm ignorant on how to drive. There you go. I don't know how to drive. But the concept of why would the Cubs acquire this player that I've never heard of coming on the heels of 
Rafael Ortega having a really good year. Frank Schwindel being off to a really good start. Patrick Wisdom's going to be top five in Rookie of the Year voting. Had you heard of him before the Cubs picked him up in 2000? Uh, to, in 2020? Cubs picked him up in 2020. I'm guessing a lot of people had never heard of him before. A lot of very intelligent Cubs fans had never heard of him before. I'd heard of him. I didn't really know a whole lot about him. I know that he played some third base in college, blah, 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 whatever. But, um... If the Cubs add a player you are unaware of, if the Cubs add a player you are unaware of, you are unfamiliar with, that is a fantastic opportunity for you to do some research, to learn some things. To learn some things, read some stuff. Kevin Padlow is a 40-plus On fan graphs. I know that's just throwing around numbers for some of you, but um, Alexander Canario is a 40-plus on fan graphs. Same basic ballpark. I was looking at the uh, Rays prospect list a little bit more closely um, after I did the article, after I did the podcast. Took another look down. Pedro Ramirez, who I totally dreaded the Cubs losing in the um, Jose Martinez trade last year. Just loathed losing him. Kevin Padlow's rated higher on the recent Fangraphs list than Pedro Martinez. Does that mean he will definitely do anything? No, of course not. We don't know that much about prospects. Prospects develop on their timeline, not ours. Not a straight line. Kevin Padlow, if the Cubs acquire him, is worth getting to understand, getting to know, getting to learn about. My knowledge of a baseball player means jack squat. My knowledge of... Recently I talked about the uh, Chris Archer. Chris Archer, he, he, he was involved in three fantastically interesting trades. One of them, the Cubs acquired Archer from Cleveland in a trade for Mark DeRosa. It was a fantastic trade for the Cubs. Nobody knew it at the time because nobody knew that Chris Archer was going to be a stud at the major league level for a while. But uh, the Cubs ended up trading away... Uh, Mark DeRosa, ooh, let me see, probably um, akin to trading away Jake Marisnik, realistically. Yeah, kind of close. You know, still probably productive for a bit, but um, approaching his expiration date. Then a little bit later, the Cubs traded Chris Archer to the Rays because the Cubs absolutely, absolutely, absolutely had a general manager that wanted to draw 3,000 fans so he could save his job. He traded Chris Archer and Heck Julie to Tampa Bay um, for Matt Garza. Cubs didn't draw 3,000, uh, 3 million fans, and barely drew 3,000. Cubs didn't draw 3 million fans. Uh, 
Jim Henry lost his job, and the Tampa Bay Rays loved having Chris Archer for a while. Then, when Chris Archer got a little bit older, the Pirates were contending. The Pirates said, hey, Chris Archer is going to be the guy to put us over the top. They traded three prospects for Chris Archer, and he just pancaked. What's important in trades? Is it, I know of this player, I am aware of this player, I have seen this player on SportsCenter a lot, I am completely aware of what he's done in his career, or is what's important, how's he going to do? How is he going to do? If the Cubs acquire a player who nobody's ever heard of, Kyle Hendricks, turns out to be really good, was it a good trade? Because nobody had ever heard of him? No, it was a good trade because, well, first of, first of all, what they gave up was going out the door anyway. Ryan Dempster. But uh, if the player comes back in return and does well on, well on into the future, does well well on into the future, is probably a pretty good trade. Somebody probably did their homework or might have gotten really lucky, either or. But if you're basing an acquisition on I'm familiar with this guy, you are, oh, wow, there's a word. Um, You're subverting expected future value with familiarity. Expected future value with familiarity. Now, it could be you think the players who are really familiar are necessarily going to have really good years, but that's not necessarily how it works. A player that can hit, can pitch, has a number of years before they're going to get expensive. Those are the types of players that teams ought to attempt to acquire. Kevin Padlow, I don't know if he's going to be any good or not on into the future. Right now with the Cubs, you know, what's the problem? You know, Kevin Padlow... If the Cubs acquire Kevin Pedlow, send him to Iowa. Fine. Left field, right field, first base, third base. The four quadrants. That's what he plays. Left field, right field, first base, third base. Which position is he? I don't know. Third base, maybe. First base, maybe. Right field, maybe. Maybe next year, put Padlow at first and Schwindel at DH. I don't know. I really don't know. But for the cost of of a waiver wire pickup. For the cost of a waiver wire pickup, seems logical. If it's available, you do it. And if the Cubs acquire a player that you're not aware of, and you decide this is a bad pickup because I'm not familiar with this player, that's what you've decided. If that's what you've decided, this is a bad pickup because I've never heard of this player. Can I break your phone if you're wrong? I love that concept. Can I break your phone if you're wrong? Well, no, of course not. Well, then you're obviously not very confident in your opinion. If the entire premise is, I'm not familiar with this guy, so it's a bad pickup, you are basing everything on not scouting, not player development, not maturation, not fan graph rankings, not anything. You are basing everything on, do you know this guy? 
How familiar were you with Chris Bryant when the Cubs drafted him? There's a whole lot of people who did not want the Cubs to draft Chris Bryant. They wanted Jonathan Gray, who really they weren't very familiar with him either. The Cubs right now should be acquiring anyone and everyone that can possibly help upgrade them on into the future. Kevin Padlow qualifies. Whether I know or you know or some guy in a Facebook group knows who Kevin Padlow is, is immaterial. Totally immaterial. If you guys can explain to me why baseball fans think their knowledge, their knowledge of a player who is obscure is more important than how they will develop on into the future. Can I break their phone? Can, no, no, really. Can I break their phone? Because if I would break their phone, I would, I would first of all get to see that look of shock and horror in their face. <gasps> you broke my phone. Yeah. You said something that was stupid and you were wrong. I broke your phone. I'm good with it. If you have no awareness of a player, that's fine. A lot of baseball players out there. A lot of baseball players out there. I'm unfamiliar with a lot of them, and I'm listening to the minor league games. Walk me through, please, why people think it's a good thing, an appropriate thing, a smart thing, a logical thing, a friendly emotional thing, an empathetic thing to say, Man, he sucks. I've never heard of him. I'm lost. I I don't understand people. I don't understand people. And I don't try to understand people. Walk me through it. <laughs> I, re- I, I, I kind of really want to understand. If I do understand, then I might not want to have learned it. But why do people think that their knowledge is more important than reality? I just don't get it. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great Tuesday. Be safe. Be nice to others. And tonight at 5.30, um, the iCubs start a um, suspended game against the Omaha, no, against the St. Paul Saints. And also, by the way, by the way, by the way, when the Cubs play the um, when the Cubs play the White Sox in August, the Cubs play the White Sox in August, there's going to be a three-person booth on one of the Cubs-White Sox games. Three-person booth with Melanie Newman, Alana Rizzo, and Elise Meneker. If you have any daughters, hell, if you have any sons that are interested in looking at baseball in a different fashion. I enjoy listening to Elise Meneker. Now, if you're going to say, oh, yeah, well, that's because she's pretty and all that. I'm listening on a pod. I, I'm listening on a radio. Yeah, she's she's very pretty. I'm listening on the podcast. She is fun to listen to. 
You can have your own opinion on this person, that person, or the other person. Melanie Newman is fantastic. I'm really not that familiar with Alana Rizzo. But um, if those three are doing a game, I'm sure it would be fascinating to listen to. Um, the two that I know of are very fun to listen to. And I'm sure Alana Rizzo is very good as well. She was involved with the one uh, a bit earlier, Orioles against the... Toronto was it where um five ladies were the announcers and that that seemed to go over quite well if Elise Menneker's involved in something give it a look give it a listen give it a give it a check out she's good people um yes I follow her on Twitter yes she follows me on Twitter that second part I can't figure thanks for stopping by have a great Tuesday and pick a minor league game tonight to follow. At least, if it starts going south for Kyle Hendricks. Have a great day.